Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Coming to you live from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio. This is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura. Hi, welcome into Cleveland Browns Daily. Our head coach, Kevin Stefanski, at the podium. Let's have a listen. Another AFC North opponent. Uh, really, really good football team. Uh, Two-on-one football team. Uh, so we know what the, there's a, a big challenge when you're facing the Baltimore Ravens. And they have good players. They have good coaches. It's a unique scheme, really, on all, all sides of the ball. But really well coached. Um, so this work week is really important. We, got, we have to have great meetings, great practice, et cetera, when you're facing a, a team like this. Um, offensively, unique challenges, uh, you know, with Todd Munkin coming in. So new coordinator, uh, I think Coach Munkin's outstanding. Uh, they're doing a lot of really, really uh, interesting, tough things to cover uh, in the back end. Um, and obviously, you know, with Lamar, always presents all sorts of challenges for a defense, but really good players across the board. Defensively, a uh, ton of respect for what they do, how they do it can be aggressive, can play coverage. Uh, they have playmakers really at all three levels of the defense, uh, really good football players. And then special teams, uh, you know, you know you're going to get uh, an honest day's work versus a Coach Harbaugh uh, team when it comes to team. So uh, really got to be about our business. And uh, But looking forward to the challenge. And with that, I'll take any questions. How has um, the new, their new offensive scheme changed what Lamar does? Or has it really adjusted, you know, what – he does. Yeah, I think there's a few big differences, and then there's a lot of similarities to what they've done before. They've carried over certain elements of their offense that will look very similar, uh, and then there's other elements, especially with some of the personnel groupings that are very different, but he's getting the ball out on time accurately. Uh, his completion percentage is very high, and I think that speaks to uh, both the coaching and the player doing a great job uh, in that scheme. Murray said that if he sees something during the game, he'll tell you, and then you'll call it. Mm -hmm. um, how important is that, or why do you think that's important to kind of listen to your guys and then just that overall communication between you, the receivers, and Deshaun? Yeah, I think that's something that we've always done. I, I tell you guys all the time, those players have the best seat in the house. that They can see it better than we can. Uh, and Amari is a very, very intelligent player, so it's not like he's just coming up and saying, get me the ball, which he has done before. But uh, he can give you great insight into the routes that, that he thinks we should run and, and how we should run them, how we should set them up, those type of things. I was ask you a follow-up on that, Kevin. Do you have to filter that out? Not necessarily with Amari, but, yeah, I, I, give me the ball, or how do you filter out what's fact and what's greed? That's, no, that's our job. And, and we have guys that want to help. That's what it is. They just want to be... Uh, helpful to the attack, helpful to the cause, that type of thing. Um, 
you know, but I've been around a lot of receivers and tight ends and everybody, everybody wants the football. That's how you want it to be. Uh, but it's great when you have guys that also uh, can give you insight into things that they think uh, might come open. To be getting Greg Newsom back in practice today. Yeah, Greg uh, worked really hard to get close last week. Mary Kay just ultimately wasn't close enough, so felt like uh, we should rest him last week. But uh, he, he's you know, playing really well for us, big part of what we do, being have, having the versatility to play inside and outside. Uh, so he's, uh, we're excited to get him back. Communication between Amari and, and you, but Amari and Deshaun, that constant communication on the sidelines and in practice, how important is that to continue building this offense up? Yeah, I think there's so much nuance to offensive football, and I think there's so many details when you're talking about route running. And Amari, for my money, is the best in the business when it comes to route running. And for him to explain to the quarterbacks why he's running a route a certain way and what he's going to do at the top of the route or what he's going to do to set up a, a, a defensive back, I think that goes a long way to put comfort in the quarterback that he can know when to let the ball go. You've been really creative um, in trying to get Elijah Moore's hands on the football, whether it's in space or whatever. Um, while the numbers might not be all that impressive, just from a coaching perspective, how do, how do you feel that that is, is gone and, and what he's trying to give you? Yeah, I would say it's game three, so there's certain things that you want to grow. There's certain things that you're trying to set up for later. You're trying to... Uh, make yourself hard to defend but ultimately we think very highly of number eight and like I've told you guys before I think he's good outside inside backfield really anywhere you put him uh, so just a player that you know when you're going into this week you know that Baltimore is somebody wearing number eight jersey and following him all around the formation uh, so and they'll have certain calls when he's here and when he's there so just always kind of trying to grow those packages but also recognizing that things evolve over the over the course of a season. Looks like Jadavian is playing really well for them. What are you seeing on film with Jadavian so far? Yeah, I think uh, JD, the entire front, very, very disruptive. Uh, they do a really nice job, Mary Kay, in the run game, uh, on the edges, uh, being penetrators inside, pass game. They can give you a variety of different looks. So uh, they have a bunch of different guys that can hurt you, but he's doing a nice job. And this comes under the category is of we always have something to complain about. So, okay. Um, the 2.5-yard rushing average, you, you pounded it like 30 times di different ways. Is that at all upon film study a source of concern, or was that From just, this last game, it was 2.5? Yeah, at the Tennessee game. That's a very good run front. We knew that going into it. Uh, uh, that's kind of where I'd put it. I didn't even know what the number was, but uh, you're trying to be balanced. You're trying to find ways to move the football, but each game is different. And uh, there, there's games you go in and, and you say, okay, this is going to be a challenge. We're going to stick with it. Uh, we like our matchups here. We like this type of run. Uh, but every game, every game plan calls for a different uh, set of uh, schemes, if you will. I was thinking first game without Chubb, was there an adjustment to the whole run system? Well, I think any adjustment would be gradual. Uh, we ran our plays. Uh, again, when you're going up against a front like Tennessee, uh, I think they were number one against the run last year. I don't know what their numbers are this year, but there's certain things that you're you're going to do, and then there's certain things that you're not going to do. Uh, and I think that goes w without saying this week. I think this Baltimore defense is really, really tough. I think Coach McDonald does a great job of tying in rush and coverage. Uh, there's a variety of things that you have to be very aware of. 
so it's our job as coaches to look at it and say, okay, where, where do we want to, what do we want to lean into? Who do we want to lean into from a personnel standpoint? Those type of things. Kevin, on it, on it, when it comes, going back to guys wanting the ball with David and Joe, it's been a little bit of a slow start catching the football this season, but how have you seen him kind of grow and kind of embracing kind of whatever role you have for him, even when the ball's not coming his yeah, way? Again, I'd say early uh, in the season for, for making, uh, looking at it, in terms of catches, but he's made a huge impact for us already. I think when we're having success on offense, he's very close to, to why we're having success. Uh, he gets a ton of attention from defenses uh, in the pass game. He does a great job competing in the run game. I can think back to a few plays in the last few weeks that are, are only having success because he's at the point of attack. Uh, so he, he's a very, very complete tight end. In terms of number of catches and those type of things, I think all of that comes over the course of a season. We, we saw Kareem's not practicing today. Is there anything concerning no. about this week? Or? No. Four games. You've defensively done a pretty good job against Lamar and Jackson. Um, and also new defensive coordinator and scheme, but can you do some carryover and still be able to you know, keep feel confident and continue? Yeah, it's, it's interesting because, you know, they have a new coordinator. We have a new coordinator, uh, a lot of new players on both sides of the ball. So we obviously have our – there's coaches that have been here uh, over those games like you like you mentioned. So we talk about it, but it, this is a 2023 matchup, uh, Ravens versus Browns. So I don't know how much you can go back and, and look because things are so different uh, on both sides. Uh, having said that, uh, you take every – available amount of information uh, that you previously have going up against these guys as you put your game plan together. Kevin, you, you talked about kind of off of that, talk about the aggressiveness, this defense, your defense plays, defensive front. How do you balance that aggression and aggressiveness with, a, you know, obviously needing to be disciplined with a guy like Lamar who can, you know, <clears throat> is so elusive and, and can turn what looks like losses in the big game. Yeah, I think you have to play your defense, uh, certainly. Uh, so you have to play your style of defense, recognizing that Lamar's a great player. He's going to make plays on Sunday. We know that. Uh, it's just a matter of how much you can sl try to slow him down, try to limit him, uh, play your style of defense, be sound in what you do, but also ultimately recognize that this is a great player that we're talking about. Kevin Deshaun and Amari talked about the value of those early completions that you guys had. Um, how much have you talked to Deshaun about that? And is it, was it an adjustment from kind of how he played maybe earlier in his career? I don't know that it's an adjustment. I, I think every game you're going into, you're trying to get the quarterback in a rhythm, trying to get completions. Sometimes they – and they can come in a variety of different play schemes, if you will. Uh, I, I think a lot of it is matchup-based and, and what we're trying to accomplish early in games. Uh, but every game you're going in trying to get your quarterback completions if you can. Assuming that Odell plays for them this week, uh, you know, what does he bring to the table for them and what do you have to worry about? Yeah, great player. Uh, very, very, very good ball skills, as we know. Uh, can win contested catches, can uh, dangerous with the ball in his hands. Uh, they have a really nice wide receiver core, uh, adding Zay Flowers to the mix of the guys that they already have. I mean, it's it's an impressive group. Kevin, obviously they're without J.K. Adams, but... With Lamar riding more to the last four games, how does that affect um, you guys defensively? It's a it's it's 
really tough when you're facing a, a running quarterback. And uh, I think teams, when they're facing us, understand that there's plays that are they're never over because these guys can get out of trouble, they can extend plays, they can run. So you have to be so disciplined in, in what you're doing, whether it's man, zone, pressure, not. You have to just be ultimately uh, disciplined in your rush lanes, disciplined in, in what you're seeing. Uh, because he, he is a major threat with the ball in his hands. They've had so many injuries. Have they changed like stylistically on either side of the ball, given the amount of injuries they have? Well, I, I don't know. I mean, I think with a new system, new offense coordinator, that's the biggest differences I've seen, but I don't know that I could say they've changed stylistically based on injuries. Other than the, under, other than the numbers for Deshaun, which, which resembled his former self. Did you see things on the field that resembled the quarterback that you were acquiring? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, I think he played uh, at a high level. I see. I see him playing at a high level at practice. You know, I've seen it in games. So it's just a continuation of the work he's putting in. Kevin, the one late in the first half last week that Anthony almost picks off at the goal line. Um, is that an example of just the work that he does to? to be ahead of everybody. He played really, really well last week. He plays well for us all the time, but I thought he was uh, he played as good as I've seen him play uh, in his career. So smart in that play that you're referencing is a great example of uh, that. Ryan Tannehill looked completely uh, uh, the other way, did a great job. You tell quarterbacks to eyes away, and he went hard eyes away, and AWOC didn't bite. He didn't buy it. He stayed in his lane and got a hand on the ball. I think Denzel had good coverage on that play, but it was a great example of a quarterback Young players, you'll see the second the quarterback puts his head that way, they'll go. And AWOC kind of knew what was going on, knew the coverage, knew where where number 10 was for them, uh, and did a nice job getting his hand in the window. Do you see he and Sione playing now without thinking about the injury? I'm sorry, one more time. Do you think he and Sione are playing now without thinking about the I injury do. or what? I do. Okay, thanks, guys. All right, there's Coach Stefanski at the podium. Yes. The Ravens will be here on Sunday, my friend, as we do it live on a First Friday Miracle edition of the program. How you doing? How you living? I'm you great. got the boards? Your boards are ready? The Ravens are totally done. Wow, look at that. Show the people. Where's your camera? Is this your camera? We're on the two shot. There it is. There it is. There's okay. Gibbe. Oh, baby. Oh, there it is. There it is. There it is. Got to fill in the storylines on the back, get our, the Browns in there, which is, that's the easy part, and ready to go. Nice to go. Yeah. 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 This is. Um, Good productive Wednesday. First Friday. You need a nice Wednesday. You need yeah, you, you need one of those when you can have it. This was the first day as I was uh, I took Buddy Garrity for his walk this morning. This was the first this was the first I took notice of it that it, a brisk breeze, like a cool breeze on the face, like to the point it's of coming. Like, oh, I'm my rule is what I'm going to try to do is I'm going to try to get through October without wearing pants. I think you're fine. I was just I bought shorts just in time for this change of the seasons, but you, I think, think we'll be fine. I, I think, think it'll be fine. That's, I'll go back and forth between. I'm going to try and go all the way through, all the way through October without a pants. 65 is probably going to be 62. Any, if it's in the 50s, I'm not going to wear shorts. Well, you got to you got to make up for it on the top end if you're going to. Yeah, but well, that's, that's a, my, that's a I'm going to try hoodie. to make it a mindset. Yeah, yeah, I like that, that. I could get through. That I can get through without it. This was the first time I felt a little bit of a cool breeze. Then we yeah. had a little bit of rain. Definitely a cool breeze as well today. Um, so fall, fall is in the air. Yes, it is. Fall is in the air, my friend. Most most definitely. What are you watching? Did you watch anything last night? Oh, we had the kids over, so we watched the uh, the debut of this season of Dancing with the Stars. New show, new format. Let me ask you this. 
Are you going to watch this Golden Bachelor thing that's coming on Thursday? I I don't know why they're putting it on Thursday. It seems like the most absurd day that they could possibly put that show on. I will not be watching it. I'm sure Miss Kay will be watching. I'm it. kind of. Ex- I don't ever watch The Bachelor. I'm kind this of. This one in- looks I think pretty I'm kind- good. I'm into I think this I'm kind one. of into it but because I'm- these people don't have anything like. What do they get? They're not having to worry about building a family. They're not, there's none of that. No. Like and they're the also not trying to build a brand. No. Too late. Too late. Yeah. I think, no, I think this one, I think it looks great. I just wish it wasn't on Thursday. Why? Yeah. It's in the, I guess they, what do they figure? Like you watch, why would you compete against the NFL? Because they figured the people that are going to watch this are not watching the NFL. Clearly. Yeah. I guess that's probably that's the only true. reason. I, I'm not a nor- I haven't watched many of the Bachelors. I watched the one in the pandemic. That was yes. shot over at Nemecolon. I watched the one with Jesse Palmer, um, and and I am think I'm contemplating watching this one because right now there are no scripted shows either. Right, there's nothing. Although we're we're back though. Did that get sorted? Yeah, is that all done? Yeah, yeah. I think within back. the last week. Okay, so yeah. we'll, so, so we'll, we'll have we're trending. We're on the way. Right. I think they, uh, I think they still have to take a union vote, but they agreed to everything last night. Yeah. From okay. A okay. Standpoint. We're all. What we're about the, the actors? Are they back? I I don't know. Okay. But I know right. the writers are back. You need both. Yeah. You need but both to be the, able to get that done. The writers are back. All right. Very good. Um, look, it is uh, it is time to turn our attention to the Baltimore Ravens, and we will get into that, get you an update, uh, some roster transactions that have happened as well. Um, what are we coming up on here? This is week four? Week four. Week four, baby. They blur together the college and the pro for me a little bit sometimes. So coming up into week four, so then this would be theoretically Jonathan Taylor could play next week for the Colts. Yes, sir. That's right. Although I saw a report this morning that he doesn't want to play for them and they don't want to pay him. Well, so is it more have... likely that he would be? Will he sit out and take penalty, or do you try to find a trade partner? Is that like the whole conduct detrimental to the team to get? Yeah, out of pain? I guess. Well, I think you have to tell me he, he would have to literally. He's not. He will come and play, or at least show up to practice and do all of that because he's he wants to get paid. I would think. Yeah, that you'd like that compensation. Yeah. So we're getting close to that, uh, to that point in the year. All right, lots to get to on the program today. Cleveland Browns, the avocados from Peru and Meyer, want you to enter the ultimate football sweepstakes for your chance to win a 2023 Ford Lightning electric pickup truck, a VFA tour of the Cross Country Mortgage gift card. Visit your local Meyer Browns dot com slash avocados for. More. Hit you with the hot topics coming up next. We're off and running. Cleveland Browns Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Pet Supply Plus giving you a chance to win tickets to home games all season while providing the best deals for your pet at 75-plus stores in Ohio. Enter for a chance to win at clevelandbrowns.com slash Plus. Receive a coupon to use at your local store. Pet Supplies Plus, proud partner of your Cleveland Browns. Hey, speaking of pets, last week when I was coming out of here, I saw the two new, the two new dogs were in the mix, the little guys. Yeah. Did they yes. get named Sunday? Did they get them named up? That I don't know. Yeah, you but I know busy. that they're in training. They're in training. Oh, Muni and Stripes. Muni and Stripes is what it is? Per, uh, per Griff. 
Good job, Griff. So I Griff. saw them in the. They were in the when I was leaving here. They were in the parking lot, like getting a you know little refresher, and uh, I really liked the looks of them. Yeah, good looking dogs. Yeah, they were bouncing around a little Strong. bit of juice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, the I was I was floored by their size already. They're quite quite large for for how young they are. But they look yeah. great, and they had their debut this weekend. They that sure did. Cool. Yeah. So is that how it's going to be? Like they're all three going to be like down there all the time? Do we have an answer to that? Does Griff know? Is Griff our dog correspondent? Feels that way. He does not know. All right. We're not there yet. All right, but very I'll good. Yeah, get to get the best people on it. Griff, um, Griff, like Fred Mugriff, the crime dog. Now we're talking. Get him in a Tom Amansky video teaching kids how to feel ground oh, balls, man. and now he's on to it. How they can turn the two, you turn the turn deuce. You got to roll it. You got to roll it, baby. Here, are hot topics presented by Vivid Seats, official fan experience partner your Cleveland Browns. Back at practice today for preparation for the Ravens. Um, injury updates as we begin Ravens week. Anything jump out to you, sir? No, I think we're in pretty good shape. They're not. Uh, the Ravens have had Marlon Humphrey has not played yet this year. J.K. Dobbins is now on IR. Their first-round pick a year ago, center Tyler Linderbaum, has not played the last two games with an ankle injury. Ronnie Stanley, their starting left tackle, has not played the last two games with a knee injury. Their great ball-hawking safety, Marcus Williams, has not played the last two games with a pec injury. Odell Beckham Jr. did not play last week with an ankle injury. Odafe Owe missed a game with an ankle injury. Justice Hill missed last week's game with a foot injury, while David Ajabo ankle and Gus Edwards concussion left the game and did not return. Meanwhile, for us today, they're banged uh, up. Betonio <laughs> rest slash ankle, uh, Kareem Hunt ribs slash groin. Greg Newsom back defense full strength. Kareem Hunt Man, not practicing. Kareem not practicing. It says. Okay. Groin and ribs on that. I, they were, I didn't notice. Coach got asked Sunday. about it and he didn't. He was like, "It's okay." Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, you go from it's like your first day back playing, like game went, after, yeah, yeah, like going to your alma mater to watch a yeah. football game, and then the following Sunday you're playing. Yeah, I think. How many snaps did he end up with? Was it twenty? Twenty some? Uh, it was around th- 10, 10 touches, wasn't it? I think that's about right. Yeah, he. Uh, let's see, somewhere in that up. vicinity. Not that it matters specifically, but he had a bigger role for somebody who was on the street Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, not not too shabby. No, considering it was at uh, a school north of Bowling Green. Yeah, the, the week before, five carries, thirteen yards, two receptions for twenty-two yards. So he had seven touches, but he, he had to give you yeah, little, Just give me one second. Yeah, Gibby, is there is there any truth to the fact that um, that your animus towards Toledo's because you were not accepted there? Is it, that's what that's what someone had told me. I refused to even put in that's an application. What somebody, it wasn't I just got to, I just got that in my ear. I don't know. Yeah. He refused Griff, to put stop an application in his ear. <laughs> Kareem Hunt's that's, fourteen snaps. Fourteen. Okay, so that's not bad. That's Never not bad. That that's your. What's that rivalry game called? <laughs> it's can the you, Battle can we, of the Peace Pipe. The Peace Pipe. Yeah, I believe so. That's fantastic. I yeah. like that a lot. I like that a lot. It's a Battle of I seventy five, but I believe the Peace Pipe is the actual thing that you win. My, on my one uncle Tom got, was a little. Uh, he really liked his spiritual side and his uh, the the native side, and so he had a teepee on his property. I love this, and I can tell you that I have partaken in a peace pipe, a, a real one. That's right. Yeah, yeah. 
I like that. He's a good man. He's a good uncle. Everything you'd want in an uncle. Um, all right, uh, back at practice, their list is long and distinguished when it comes to the uh, the injuries that they have there. And you will note, you said Staley, you said Linderbaum, so that's two fifths of the offensive line. Yep, but that's we'll see if they're if they're. It doesn't sound like anybody's return was imminent, but I guess we'll see uh, when we get the uh, practice reports going this week. Yeah, um, we have signed tight end Devin Asiasi and running back Dion Jackson to the practice squad. Jackson played two games with the Colts this season, his third season out of Duke. Asiasi, 22 games, four career catches, third season out of UCLA. You'll remember that from your Pac-12 time. and all the time I do, and do you remember who loved that? him? Matt Waldman, when we'd have Matt Waldman. Matt oh, Waldman's that's right. Devin Asiasi guy. Started oh. with the Patriots, and then it didn't. It just third hasn't, rounder. hasn't worked out for him. Yeah, an early pick, Yeah, to your point. Uh, released Tristan Hill and Hassan Hall from the practice squad as well can we also talk about the fact that miles got beat out for afc defensive player of the week he had the most sacks that anybody's got had it? in the leagues in, in two years uh linebacker terrell bernard from buffalo two sacks an interception and a fumble recovery oh did two he, sacks did he take and, one to the two, house did he take it to the house and two turnover of possession his fourth career start he's the guy that was made famous by kyle brant eating the chicken wing and announcing the pick uh, at the draft. Remember, he was like, oh, yeah. this guy is going to be the one guy that wins the Super Bowl and that in guy's, his rookie year. That was, that's what he got. He got the uh, – so he gets it. It's, look, Miles is going to get a lot of those. He's going he's gonna to get a lot of those, certainly, as, as this thing goes along. Um, I, so I, had, I got this question this morning. I'll pose it to the both of you because there is, you know, like do you want to nickname a defense? And everyone's like, don't nickname it. You don't need a nickname. Blah. Whatever when it comes to defense. Let's remember, like, some of the coolest nicknames in sport are the nicknames given to various defenses in NFL history. Legion of Boom. Steel Curtain. Monsters yep. of the Midway. Purple, Legion of Boom. Purple, purple People Eaters. That's right. Very, very strong. Orange Crush. Orange Crush. Very strong. Sack Exchange. New York Sack Exchange. Like what? Were we just more fun then? I just think so. There were more nicknames. Everything was more fun then. What do you suppose the reason is that all of those units – the ones we all mentioned, all defensive units. What were the Bears? Did they have Monsters of the Midway? Monsters of the Midway. Yeah. Did the Ravens have one from the like 2000 Ravens? I don't know. I don't know if they did or not. They were just awesome. They were just awesome. It was just Ray. I mean, it was. And Ed Reed. And the, yeah, but it was Ray was kind of like the. Yeah. They were all kind of hit off of his persona. Yeah. Um, but we had more fun then. Yeah. Like Legion of Boom was give, still recent. Yeah. That's the most recent one that I could think of that was, was the, that one. Yeah. The rest of them were all from a bygone era. Totally. Fearsome foursome with the Rams. Yeah. Uh-huh. What was that like Merlin Olsen? Deacon, Deacon Jones. Jones. Yep. I don't know the other two. Me either. Those two Jack Youngblood the... probably? Well, he's later. He's, he's later. more like late 70s. Those guys were more like 60s. Okay. Deacon Jones and Merlin Olsen. All right. Yeah. I, I just think, like, it, don't – it's going to happen organically. Yeah, you can't force it. You can't force it. You know, as I mentioned this, you know, the other day on the show, like, the person who would bestow this would be Jim. The voice. Like right. that's the job. That's that job. Like the voice is the one who, who coins a nickname. The other, my hunch is that the rest of these were also probably done by my bet. I would bet almost anything. Primary primary beat guy. Yep. At the Minnesota Star Tribune. Someone at the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. Yeah, exactly. yeah, it'll be it's somebody on a on a on a newspaper headline that can be saved and put around town and put on a wall. We don't do that anymore. You know that that it that industry doesn't really exist in that manner right. anymore. But that so you need like, and the, and crazily like the people that are now like, uh, the people that are on the beats for NFL teams, 
they aren't just they can't just write. They're podcasting. They're doing videos. They're doing vlogs. They're doing all this other stuff. So like the the attention to detail that comes with nicknaming a team, it's just not happening anymore. I think that's fair. I think that's a fair a fair reason for it. And I think people. I mean, we had with the dog, the dog pound, all of it. it. It was more fun then, and I think people were not as worried about creating something that could be misconstrued as bulletin board material. You know, if the players were saying, "Oh, we're you know, this, that, whatever," I don't know. I just don't think it's. I agree with you. I think you don't actually, even see, you see it in press conferences. Nothing's as fun. Well, I think what you're freewheeling, and I think that's part of what you're what you just talked about right there is why the first month of the college football season has been so great. I mean, 10 million people watched Colorado play Oregon in a 42-6 to beatdown yep. at 3.30 in the afternoon, and it was opposed by many great games. It wasn't like it was the only good game Saturday at 3.30. There were a bunch, and it won. It did over 10 million at 3.30 after doing over 11 million the week before um, at wild. 10 o'clock at night. It's wild. So there's a couple of reasons. Number one. Obviously, Prime, Prime. Is, is quite interesting. Moves he's, the needle. He moves the needle. He's a self-promoter. He promotes his team. So all of those things matter, certainly. But I also think, like, you have some candor. You have Ryan Day going at Lou Holtz. You have people who are not afraid now, and they're understanding that not only are they not afraid, but, like, it actually works for them. Yeah. Like Dan Lanning, the coach at Oregon, going at Skip Bayless, going at Dion. All of those things, it's more interesting. We've been in a world the last 10 years or so, and I think it's probably mostly because of Belichick and Saban because they've been the most successful, where you have these press conferences and you say nothing. Nothing. It's just awful. Like, there's no candor. There's no real feelings. It's just nothing. nonsense. So, like, all of a sudden when you have somebody who's, who has candor, who is interesting, you're like, wow, let's start to pay attention to that a little bit. And it's happening in the college sport. It's happening for sure. It's, it was part of the build of the SEC is the warring of the coaches. Spurrier yes. warring with Fulmer. Steve Spurrier would go to a press conference and call Tennessee. Uh, he'd say, you can't spell citrus without UT, which was a backhand slap at saying, like, hey, citrus bowl. you're going to the Citrus Bowl because you can't play in a big bowl because we beat your butts every year. Yeah, he would, Florida State, we could call him Free Shoes U in the week leading up to it because of the Dillard scandal with Peter Warwick. So, like, they built it on that. Like, there's a WWE – Give me a little soap opera feel. Give me a little juice, man. Love it. Need I think that's juice. why people like the Kelseys. Yeah. That podcast, yeah. and now Trav's dating uh, the, the Swift, Swift girl. So, I mean, like, it's checking all the boxes, but they're, they're candor. It's funny, like, the players, Tyreek Hill, incredibly candor. <laughs> yeah, too incredible much. candor Showed yesterday. Showed you that yesterday. Maybe yeah. too much candor. Maybe too much. I don't know, maybe not. But the, all of that stuff. The players are doing it on their own platforms, and so you're starting to see it there. I'm a fan of all of it. Yeah, We've gotten person, way too boring in this in this sport with our in this country with our sports. Let them live a little. Personality is fun. Think about the fact like there has been a successful form of entertainment that has existed for a very long time that is scripted, but it still combines athleticism and sports and all that wrestling. That if you couldn't be heavy personality, there's nothing to go for. I mean, you think about go back. There's, thir- the, I think it's a thirty for a thirty. Catholics and the convicts, like oh, yeah, you yeah, had yeah. personalities, identities, trash talk. Mm-hmm. That's fun. I think it's trash talking is fun. Everybody likes trash talking. That's the thing. Like everybody who's ever played sport at any level, I would imagine if you were at any point good or felt like you were good, yeah, you have talked trash, and it adds to it because at some point, 
what's so great about sports is it has to be settled. Like, imagine if in a big boxing fight they weren't there was just, oh, yeah, I think this guy's great. We're, yeah. we're friends. You have to have, you know? you have, yeah. to have a ramp up so that you want to see this action be settled in the ring or, in this case, on the football field. Like, I love it. I love when T.O. went and did the thing on the star in Dallas and then Roy Williams hits him. It's great. You don't want me to say I'm starting to stop me from scoring. Yeah. I think in, in our heart of hearts, we're all fans of interesting. Yes. <laughs> like, you know, it's kind of that simple. Uh, be interesting, and it's and this this works, and there could be heroes and villains, and, and this is all just entertainment. Um, yes. So I, I like seeing at, it. At the end of the day, college coaches don't like each other. They can say all they want, but they don't – there's not a because the not comp- a like the competition is different. They're competing yeah. for recruits. Whereas in the NFL, like you yeah. get who you get. I mean, there's some competition I would imagine around free agency, but at the end of the day, that's going to come down to money more yeah. likely than anything else. Money and opportunity. Yep. But this is they're recruiting. They're the coaches are the brand. So yeah, they probably hate each other because so and so stole this guy from me, and I yeah. Dion did something yesterday that I haven't seen in the modern era of college football. And by modern, I mean since NIL and free transfer. He's got a five-star corner um, who he recruited this year. Now, Colorado's never signed a kid like this in their history. They've never signed a kid like this, right? Number one cornerback prospect in the country. He hasn't played, right? Has not played. So beat writer for the Denver Post is at the ask Coach Prime a question. He says, you know, why hasn't this kid played? And Dion gives this incredible answer where he's – he answers the question directly. He's not studying. He's not showing up on time for meetings. He's not in his playbook. I have ways to measure if they're in their playbook, and he's not in it. So I can't trust him, so I'm not playing him. Now, no coach in college football does that right now because the feeling is if you do that, they will enter the transfer portal, the next day. and the next kids are going to be mad at you. Dion's doing the opposite. Now, he can get away with it because he's Dion and he can attract kids in the portal, and there's it's a little bit different, but, like, that notion of accountability and calling somebody out. I mean, this is, I'm not talking about a pro at, like you won't hear NFL coaches rarely call out players, almost never, right. let alone a 19 year old. Right. And he said, he's not working. That's why he's not playing. I like Good, that. Of course Good you like it. Him. Everybody likes it. I wish we, we got, all like it. I wish we got real answers about stuff like that. Like a perfect example is, you know, you think about in our, what what was supposed to be the big revelation, right, in the in the Johnny Manziel era? Yeah. Was that he had watched zero point zero hours? Yeah. Why is he struggling? Well he's watched no film. Yeah. And I and I know that. We and know I know that. we know that. And that's a problem. But for that, all of us. That is something that would never be said. That's what I'm saying. I don't know why. In an say NFL it. room. I don't know why you wouldn't be able to say, Well, we keep that in house or all of this. Well, I don't know. I hope that we're coming out of it. I hope that we get a little bit more color in our sport. I don't, but like, it's why fun. would you keep that in the house? Like, especially if you're coaching for your job. Well, what it is is you do the other thing, which is you leak it, and then you oh. act like you don't put your name on it. Yeah, but you got to get it out. There. But you got to get it out there. But, but which I, is what they do. A lot of times they but leak. That it wasn't. So that there. did not come out until his documentary. Correct. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's refreshing. It's what what he's doing is striking a nerve. There's there's no question about that. I mean, what is, what is the number this week for that game? Oh, it'll be around there. It'll be eleven million, and they might get drilled again. USC has I no was defense. Say, what's though. the what's the spread? I'm guessing the numbers. Isn't it twenty? I would think it, it was twenty one and a half last week. I would think it would be right around there, twenty or something. Twenty four. 
21. It's down to 21. So he doesn't have – he's without Travis Hunter. He's without He's without some players. Like, I don't know, his kid got banged up too. So they're, it's going to be – they're going to have to keep up from a score standpoint is, is the way that thing's going to have to go. And th- this thing might all be done with him because if he gets drilled by USC, you know, now you're 3-2 and two and you're – you know, that's kind of the end of it. But um, but it's been fun while it's lasted. And I, I think some of the things that he's doing travel. I hope accountability travels because he's holding people accountable – um, I, I think that stuff, and I, I hope being candid in press conferences travels make all of this more fun. Yes. Who's the uh, who is the best? Who's the most talented wrestler who could not do the mic? Combination wow. of the most talent but could not be on a mic. So I think like as his career went on, he got better with it. But the the easy answer would be Brock Lesnar, mm-hmm. and so they put him with Paul Heyman. So then Paul Heyman did all of his talking for him, and then Brock backed it up and would have to say you know a few words here or there. So he yeah. would probably be, in terms of like if he could have talked like The Rock, you know, then forget it. He's still arguably. I, I would put him on the Mount Rushmore of all time because of the legitimacy of Brock Lesnar. Like, yeah, like a legitimate. Yeah. Um, certainly in the top 10 of all time. But, yeah, he wasn't one that could go and, and talk butts into seats, but you wanted to see him because of his physical yeah. prowess and the fact that he was a freak. So they put Paul Heyman, who may be the greatest talker of all time, with him yeah. to cover it up. But guys who are not don't look like Brock Lesnar and have his pedigree that can't talk have a certain ceiling. Yeah, They can only get so far. And then you have guys like The Miz, who Mike can talk – all day long, and yeah. so he gets to be always in something relevant, especially the big time work with the celebrities because they know he can talk. If you can talk, yeah, there's always a spot for you. I never found Bret Hart very interesting. So Bret Hart is very polarizing because the excellence of execution. There are people who absolutely love him and love all of that, and I would agree with you. He was not on the microphone as a wrestler. He was level. sensational, but like as a right performer, he was sensational. But I didn't find him interesting. Right. Who is the most? Who is the best on the mic with the least talent who got the most out of that mix? The best on the mic with the least talent. Like wrestling talent. I mean, for a long time, it probably was Mike early in his career. Like when he went, his ascent was well before his ability to wrestle, but because he could talk and he could get people to hate him very effectively. Um there was a guy named Armando Estrada who was, I thought was a great talker, but wasn't a wrestler. He was kind of a manager, and he yeah. wanted to be a wrestler, but just never was going to work out for him. Uh, that would be Those would be two of them. I mean, Hogan was to brutal to watch in the ring. But he was amazing. He's also amazing. You He's go a, put on. You put on the show, the guns and all of that. You go that he put would do on that ridiculous thing you would do. Hulk up. Yeah. When you go put on WrestleMania 18, this is like Hogan way yeah. after the fact against the Rock and the Sky Dome, and they turn in. In my mind, the greatest professional yeah. wrestling match ever. Like, no stunts, none of that. Just, like, their ability to do little things that just sends a – and the crowd was unbelievable. Hogan's back-raking the rock, and people are losing their minds. <laughs> it's awesome. Like, he, so, is, a, he is such a I had a so, so many friends who loved him, and it was like, really, another leg drop, huh? We're going to do that? <laughs> do that again? Yeah. That worked. So you mentioned, like, the whole coach thing and being refreshing. Yeah. Does Ryan Day stick with it, or does it go away a little Here's bit? what he's going to do. He is. This is the issue with him. He's going to use the Ohio against the world toughness, all of that stuff. Like, he's going to use that as a rallying cry for his team. Like, you're already seeing it with social with his coaches and stuff. Like, that's going to be what, they, what their team – is going to be their rallying cry for them. Um, my only critique of it is 
he's a little bit Marty McFly. So what I mean by that is he's cool in everything unless you call him chicken, and then he just loses his mind and does dumb stuff. So that's what I think happens. Like, you call him out, and then he's like, oh, watch us be tough and run it three yards in a cloud of dust. Well, you don't have – Ohio State, that's not what you're from an automobile, they did not build like a H2 Hummer. They built a football Ferrari. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So drive the Ferrari. Yeah. Throw the ball to 18. Don't worry so much about proving that you're tough with your play calling. And I think sometimes he gets in his own head. I think he did that in the Michigan game. I think he did that Saturday night. He got lucky he survived. But I, I think he did it Saturday night. Like, it affects the way he calls a game based on the way that his – the way that he takes a slight. So that's going to be something he's going to have to be careful with. Some people could try to use that to their advantage. For sure. I think it has was worked it, to his advantage. Was it really true that it's the – was that really the SID that was like, hey – That's Jerry Emig, the great Jerry Emig. Yeah, he's like, take, take a, 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 a breath. Like, he goes, watch, watch this. this. That, yeah, that all happened. On, it caught on camera. <laughs> yeah. Love no, no, it. he went all in. No, I love it. Yeah, love he went all in. Love Jerry. Jerry's the best. We'll meet the Ravens coming up next. Just to Cleveland the Browns Daily by Bally Bet, sports betting partner of your Cleveland Browns, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. For a team of injury lawyers dedicated to every client every day, call 1-800-ELK-OHIO. Elk and Elk's proud partner of your Cleveland Browns. It is time to meet the Ravens, coached by John Harbaugh. He's 147-95. and His 16th year, of course, won the Super Bowl over the Niners down in New Orleans. I was at that game. Series record, Ravens lead at 35-13. to They're 5-2 and in the last seven. The Browns won the last two games. The teams have played in Cleveland. We won last time out 13-3 in Cleveland. That was here on the 17th of December. That was against the Pro Bowler Tyler Huntley. It's going to go down as an all-timer. This is my favorite. This is my favorite. You know, I do the highlights of the Pro Bowlers. Yeah. And then here he is down here, backup quarterback. For those wondering, in his Pro Bowl season, he went 2-2 two and two as a starter. Threw for about 160 yards a game, two touchdowns, three picks with a rating of 77 points. He showed up at the at the thing. He was at the Vegas. Like, yeah, he did. What show. are we doing? What he, are we doing? He did show up, which is jeez. It, uh, really the Ravens incredible. are 12th overall in offense, fifth in rushing, 24th in passing. The defense 10th overall, eighth in rushing, 11th in passing. Turnover differential is minus two on that. Doctor Z. All right, Baltimore Ravens on offense. They are going to run the ball top five in the league, as you mentioned there. Lamar Jackson, 
He is the one that does it all for on the season. Career high, 73.3% completions, but only 7.1 yards per attempt. Two touchdowns, an interception, a 95.5 rating. He's been sacked eight times on the season, 193 yards rushing and two touchdowns. Now, both touchdowns and 101 of those yards came last week. He had season high in rush attempts, rush yards, and designed runs for the quarterback last week. 51-22 and is a starter against the Browns, 6-2 and all-time. 66% completions, 1,440 yards, 11 touchdowns, 6 picks, a 95.5 rating. He's been sacked 18 times. He's also rushed for 570 yards and 4 touchdowns. He has two 100-yard rush games against the Browns. Both of them were wins. He had 124 and two scores on that crazy Monday night game where they won 47-42. to Throwing the football, Zay Flowers, their first-round pick this year. In fact, they've got not one, not two, not three, but four first-round picks in their wide receiver room. Odell Beckham Jr. missed last week with an ankle on the season. Five catches, 66 yards. Last time he was over 1,000 was 2019 with us, the Cleveland Browns. Zay Flowers, he leads the team in targets, catches, and yards. 25 targets, 21 catches, 188 yards. So that's only nine yards a catch. And what makes that even more interesting is he had a 52-yarder. At one point. So let's take 188, take 52 off of that. You get 136. So 20 catches for 136 yards. So on the other 20 catches, he's averaging under seven yards a catch because all they're throwing are little hitches. It's, it is odd. Lamar's completion percentage, I said again, career high. His yards per attempt, though, is well below his career average when he was only completing 64% of his passes. So they've got to figure that out. Flowers, by the way, has more targets and receptions than the next two players on the team combined. The next two. Now, part of it's Odell missed a game. Mark Andrews missed a game. Uh, Nelson Aguilar, one of the other first-rounders, he's got nine catches for 102 yards and a touchdown this season. Rashad Bateman, seven catches for 59. That's 8.4. So you think about these receivers, the guys who have caught the most, and, and even Mark Andrews, go over to him, they're great tight end, nine catches, 80 yards. So that's below nine yards a catch. So Flowers is at nine. Aguilar's at 11. You've got uh, Rashad Bateman at eight and Mark Andrews at nine. They're just not throwing the ball down the field at all. And I'll get, yeah. as we get in my research, one of the things I, a note I have to make for Lamar is where is he actually throwing the ball? Their offensive line solid, but it is, it's injured right now. They're without their center, Tyler Linderbaum. Sam Mustafer, though, he has 42 uh, career starts, 40 of them with the Chicago Bears. He's st- filled in and played well. He's given up no pressures. Ronnie Stanley, he's out at left tackle, so that means in at left tackle is Patrick McCary. McCary has given up a sack and four pressures and two starts at left tackle. He does not have the speed to handle uh, Miles Garrett. On the other side, you got Morgan Moses, the veteran who's made 133 straight starts. Uh, he's given up a sack and two pressures. Kevin Zeitler, actually, team high, two sacks, seven pressures. The former Browns struggling uh, in his 12th season out of Wisconsin. And then the other guard, John Simpson, uh, is the weak link on this. He came over from the Raiders, and, and he's given up six pressures in, in three games. I really think the Browns can can affect Lamar Jackson in the pocket when they run the ball we don't know Justice Justice Hill could be out still with the foot Gus Edwards left with a concussion last week Edwards uh, on the season right now 145 yards averaging 5.1 yards per carry and he has a touchdown but they had to go to Melvin Gordon 
Gordon, the former first-round pick yep. of the San Diego Chargers, Super Chargers, back in 2014 or 2015. I'm sorry, uh, he had 10 carries for 32 yards last week. Now he's had eight or more touchdowns every year from 2016 through 2021. 87 career rushing touchdowns. But the reason he's bouncing around now, he's lost nine fumbles the last three seasons. That's tied for most in the NFL. And they also have Kenyon Drake, who uh, in 2022 with Baltimore had 482 yards and four touchdowns on the ground. Browns fans remember him setting a career high with four touchdowns and 137 yards rushing against the Browns when he was a member of the Arizona Cardinals in 2019. And then they got the three-time Pro Bowler, Mark Andrews. He is an absolute stud. The Browns did a good job against him last year. In two games, Mark Andrews was held to three catches for 31 yards. Now he does have seven touchdowns against the Browns. That's the most he has against any team in the league. But they're going more 11 personnel. It's more shotgun. And you're going to see the ball come out of Lamar Jackson's hands faster than it ever has. And it's really kind of that, or he runs it, and they're getting the design run-ins. But remember, Patrick Ricard used to play half the snaps. Yeah, He only played 19 of their 72 snaps in this game. Uh, so they're getting away from that. More three receivers, and we'll see what the status is uh, on Odell Beckham Jr. Defensively, Javin Clowney's playing pretty well for them. Team-high 13 pressures, already got one-and-a-half sacks. Uh, up front, he's one of the guys getting after the quarterback, Michael Pierce and Justin Matabike. Matabike's got seven pressures himself. Michael Pierce has nine. The big guy's up front. They play that 3-4. Ojabo, in five career games, has two sacks, but he remember he didn't get drafted because, what, he dropped his Achilles? Yeah, right in the, pre in in the, the draft process. Yeah, on his pro day. On his pro day, yeah. Yeah, only played three games as a rookie. Did have a sack. Played a game, two games so far this year. Does have a sack, but we'll see if he's able to go. And on the other side of Duffy Alway, uh, who is their first-round pick in 2021, does not have a sack yet, but he missed last week with an ankle. So they're banged up. But they've got the best inside linebacker combo probably in the league, Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen. Both of those guys are playing every single snap. Both of them can sack the quarterback. They've got two-and-a-half sacks combined. Both of them can play in coverage. Both of them can tackle. Last year, uh, Queen had 117. Roquan Smith had 169, which was third in the NFL. Those two guys play the whole time. The backup inside linebackers don't play at all. By the way, they signed Kyle Van Noy. Mm-hmm. Remember him? So, yeah, former second-round pick of Detroit. He has 33-and-a-half career sacks. He's got five or more sacks in four straight seasons. That's a sign that to me that Ojabo or Owe or both will be out again this week for them. On the back end, Marlon Humphrey, their three-time Pro Bowler, he has not played this year due to a foot injury. Their free safety, who's the best, uh, Marcus Williams, has not played the last two games due to a pec injury. And last year, Williams had four picks for them in ten games. Um, so they're starting Kyle Hamilton and Geno Stone. Stone has the only interception for the Ravens this year. Hamilton is becoming a monster. Last yeah. week, three sacks, which ties the NFL record for a DB, two tackles for a loss, forced fumble, a pass defense, and nine tackles. He's now got five sacks in his career. The other two came against the Browns. He had a sack against, in both games against us. So they're using him in that kind of nickel, bringing him down and letting him get after it. In fact, they played three safeties in this game. Like 76 out of 84 snaps. Hamilton, Geno Stone, and Daryl Worley also played. But this is not a great corner group without Humphrey. Brandon Stevens, last week, gave up nine catches. Uh, you got to test him, the third uh, former third-rounder at SMU. On the other side, they got Ronald Darby, who you know has not done much of late. He's on his fifth team, former second-round pick out of Florida State. So I think you can attack these corners bigly. Bigly. Arthur Mollett's a new corner. Rock Yassine is a new corner, uh, the former second-round pick of the Colts. So... I like our ability to throw the ball. I like our ability to protect against these guys, especially if they're banged up kind of on the edges there. Um, they're not, they are not a great team. 
They're two and one. Mm-hmm. They can be incredibly dangerous if you're not disciplined in your rushing of, of Lamar Jackson. He can make you pay in, in a big, big way. He is the NFL all-time record holder. He's got eight games with 200 yards passing and 100 rushing. Second in that category is three with Jeez. Josh Allen. Yeah. He's got 13 games with more than 100 yards rushing. I think Mike Vick is second in that category with eight. So he is, he is a weapon, and, and that's really what it is. Play clean against them, we're better than they are. We are absolutely better than they are, and they are beaten up. J.K. Dobbins didn't even mention him. He had over 120 yards rushing against the Browns last year uh, in December. He's on IR. This is you're getting them at a great time. Yep, you've beaten them twice in a row at home, and, and it feels like we're healthy and playing very, very well. So uh, I like our chances, but still some danger there. They're not really dangerous as an offense right now unless he's running it. Mm-hmm. And defensively, their linebackers are very dangerous. Yeah, but that's kind of it. What do you think Monken is trying to do with them offensively? So. One of the great Jim Donovan tips I always had, you go watch the TV copy of the game before. Yep. So this is what they kept saying. He has empowered Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson loves him. The offense is designed around Lamar Jackson. More 11 personnel, 60% this year, whereas in the past they were not even close to that. Um, Shotgun, quick passes from the pocket, giving him the ability to audible at the line of scrimmage. Week one, they ran no design runs for him, and they, in fact, told this announced team they were not going to run any design runs this game, and they ran three on the opening drive, <laughs> including a, a touchdown where they ran a power sweep to the right. They had a touchdown on a quarterback draw design run as well. Um, I think that's what it is. Just get him in the shotgun. Not so much of this heavy personnel. Spread people out. Yep. And then let him make quick reads and either deliver the football quickly or run with it. What's interesting to me, and I don't know if it was just against them, but when you look at the season totals of their yards for catch and all that, I would say, and this is something I remember scouts talking about, Lamar Jackson is his, at his best throwing the ball to people whose numbers are facing him so that they have yeah. turned their back to the end zone. They have sit, sat down yep. and he throws it. And that, I would say, of his 22 completions a week ago, he had one kind of a nice ball to Isaiah Likely. He had one at the end to try to get into the game-winning field goal range. It was down the middle there. He pushed it down the field to Isaiah Likely. But for the most part, it was guys who had stopped moving and were sitting down in zones, and that's where he was throwing the football. Like, very quickly. Yeah. But that's really – so I think maybe that's what they're trying to do and say, all right, here it is, throw it. If it's not there, take off. Go ahead. It's going to be fascinating to see how it all meshes on Sunday. Go ahead. A little bit of news from outside of practice from Scott Petrack. Uh, Browns QB Deshaun Watson not throwing today, resting the right shoulder. Not expected to keep him out Sunday versus the Ravens, but will not throw today at practice, it looks like. What? That's odd, right? That's quite odd. I, I, I don't know if it's odd. I don't know if it's – it's. I'm unfortunately not alarming of it, but Interesting. Yes. Well, he was at the podium, so we'll uh, yeah. we'll get a feel for yeah, that. Let's see what he says. Coming uh, up next. Other guys resting today. Uh, we mentioned Betonio and Hunt. Also, Cooper, Miles Garrett, Zadarius Smith. I would assuming the veteran day is yeah, off of course. Today. Wednesday's a lot of install. I think if you get Thursday and Friday, where you get into real situational football, um, 
So uh, you definitely want him to be there for the red zone packages and all of that. Yeah. Because that's where that's where the game will be, I'm guessing, won or lost in the red zone. If, if they can get to our red zone, I mean, yeah. I, I just no don't one's got there. They don't do that. No one's gotten there to this point. Uh, you'll hear from Deshaun from the podium coming up next. Just to clean the Browns daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Rumpke Waste Recycling, family-owned business operation for over 90 years, driven by a strong sense of pride in making the world a cleaner, greener place for future generations to live. Learn more by visiting www.rumpke.com. And now let's go to the podium and Deshaun Watson. Deshaun, can you just maybe speak a little bit to the magnitude of the game, battle for first place in the division, our coming in, just how sort of exciting and big is this? Um, yeah, it's a divisional game, you know, all that stuff. I think, you know, internally for the locker room and the team, um, you know, we, we're treating it just like uh, we treated last week game. You know, it's trying to be one on one this year, uh, this week, excuse me. And uh, for us to be able to just lock in on our craft, learn the game plan, learn our opponent, and uh, make sure that we're, you know, able to uh, focus on all the challenges that can come, you know, Sunday. So, you know, I'll, as far as just trying to make it bigger than what it is, no, we just got to make sure that we stay the same, stay stay normal, and uh, just make sure we're locked in on our plan each and every day. Did Sunday feel differently to you in any way than your previous games here? And what can you take forward from the way you played against Tennessee? No, I didn't feel any different. Um, and what I can take forward is just really just focusing on, you know, building off all the good and all the bad from that game. Um, like I usually do with any other game. You know, I just keep moving, push it forward, and uh, that's pretty much it. So Sean, we were just talking to Amari, and he talked about the communication that you guys have, even during the week, but on the sideline during the game. So what is that like for you? Uh, it's good. I mean, it's, it's awesome to have a smart receiver like Coop, who's a veteran guy who understands what we want from him, what you know, the game plan uh, is basically coming about. And then also just really just what he's seeing out there, you know, with the coverages. So with him being able to communicate with me and I communicate with him and when we're on the same page, uh, you know, a lot of good stuff, a lot of good things can happen. Uh, it's very important because, you know, some things that I won't be able to see, uh, you know, in live action, he might be on the backside, and I'm working front side of the, of the play call. So there's different things that I won't be able to see that he's been able to communicate to keep me up. And then when I come to the sideline, I see the pictures, and then I'm able to uh, be able to check that out and, uh, you know, make some big plays for him. Do you have a specific example from Sunday of when Amari came to the sideline and said, hey, let's try this, this is going to work? Um, you know, a couple of the go routes, uh, things like that, you know, a couple of the, the back shoulders, uh, you know, the previous week. So it's just kind of little things like that that just kind of pops up and, you know, how the corner is going to play that week. How do the empty sets help you uh, as the quarterback in the passing game? Uh, it just spaces out the defense. Uh, you know, it makes the defense kind of commit to what they want to do. They still can disguise, they still can, you know, bring heat. But uh, they kind of got it short a little bit earlier because everyone's spaced out. We're using the whole field. 
Yeah, uh, JD, he's always been a guy that's very active. He, he makes sure that he's applying pressure. If you don't get there, you know, for the sack, he's going to be there right in front of the quarterback eyes. And I think uh, what I saw the, yesterday when I was looking up the stacks and kind of checking out their defense, I think he leads that team in QB pressures or something like that. So, uh, I mean, he's... I think he's a great player. Uh, you know, of course, he's a good friend of mine, and uh, you know, he's gonna be fired up. What's your relationship with Lamar Jackson? Uh, we got a good relationship. You know, of course, we don't talk all the time, but like, you know, when we see each other, uh, we speak, and you know, we hang out, and you know, things like that. But we got a good, solid relationship. So when he signed his new contract this summer, did you like shoot him a text saying, "Oh yeah, most definitely." I still got. No, no, I didn't do that. I said congratulations, but I didn't, I didn't say all that. No. Is there extra juice when you play a guy like that who's you know, former MVP and just the type of player and style that Lamar is? No, not, I mean, no extra juice for me. I, I have the same mentality, same approach to every game. So, you know, I, I'm not going technically sure. against him. The defense is. But, uh, you know, my, my main job is just trying to find any way I can to be, you know, positive with this great defense we're going against. You, you limit your runs with the ball. What do you think of he's on his way to another thousand-yard rushing season? I think it's impressive. I mean, <laughs> to be honest, he's one of the best runners in the game, not even just for quarterback position, but just overall. You know, I've been watching Lamar, going against Lamar since college, so I've been seeing all this since Louisville and Clemson days. So uh, nothing changed. He's just, you know, gotten bigger, stronger, and uh, it's impressive. To me. You both, you both absorb some some pretty big hits out there on the field when you're, you're running the ball. I mean. You got hit pretty good uh, by the Titans on Sunday. Just when you're in, in the course of a, a game, right, and you're going play to play, just how, how difficult is it to absorb those hits and, and quickly and mentally and physically move on to that next play and not allow the, I guess, the the aftershock of being on the receiving end to affect you going, uh, you know, on that next play or the next few plays? Uh, you just have to understand that, you know, with, with certain play calls and certain runs, you're going to you have to take those hits. So you just got to know how to fall, know how to kind of take them and, and try not to take any heavy blows. Um, but at the same time, you just go on to the next play pretty much. You know, it comes with part of the game. Does the defense play as well as they have allow you to feed on that and almost you don't want to even do more to just Knowing that you don't have to put up 30 points on your own, they're holding you in the Yeah, I mean, we feed off the defense, we feed off that energy, and they feed off us. So, you know, as we coming off the field and they're going on, you know, they say they got us and vice versa. We can say we got them. And, and the more points we put up, the, the better it is overall. So, you know, not just because we got a great defense, we just need to put up a certain amount of points. No, we don't put any limits on ourselves. We just try to score each and every time we get the ball to, you know, really separate. Sean, you had a couple of famous uh, incidents in Houston of coming back from uh, bad hits and injuries in games. Remember one time you had a bus to a game or you had yeah, to a game? Yeah, I did. And you didn't miss that game. Right. So what's your philosophy on showing up and just being there and, and playing through injuries? Like the thing hit to your throat, you didn't miss a play. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think it just depends on the, the, the person and how bad the injury 
is and, and what can pretty much happen outside or after the injury. So, you know, if it's something like, for instance, the, the bus ride in Houston, you know, I had a couple cracked ribs and a puncture lung, so I couldn't fly. So they said I could drive, and I was, you know, the biggest concern was what can happen afterwards. There was, I mean, nothing much you can really happen. The lung is just bleeding inside, so you just got to recover versus time. Um, and then the, the ribs just going to heal on its own. So uh, I guess, why wouldn't you miss that next game after that? Well, I mean, for me personally, I just wanted to play. So for me at that time, it was the best situation for me and the team. And uh, we went down to Jacksonville, won that game, and um, it helped out. Well, just got a couple injuries in their secondary. How does that affect your preparation personnel-wise going into this game? Uh, nothing. I mean, those guys are playing good. Um, Stevens, 21, is good. Um, Darby is good. Roxanne has been been a good addition. Uh, the safeties are playing well. Um, so I mean, they're they're gonna come come fired up. I mean, just because the guy the starting secondary is not out there doesn't mean that the backups, you know, the guys that start now isn't isn't as good as those guys. We respect those guys. We respect all of them and the way they're playing. And everyone will come out and uh, compete and challenge us. And uh, we gotta go out there and show what we got. But you know, that, that doesn't change the preparation or anything like that. We have a lot of respect. For them. So they're using the Hamilton safety as a nickel because of an injury. Yeah, I mean, I think he's a good player. I mean, he, he's playing different positions for a reason. You know, a lot of guys, just because of injuries, you know, they'll bring in a guy for that certain position. But with him being able to play safety and nickel and come inside and blitz and pressure and things like that and covers, you know, slot receivers, uh, he's been doing a heck of a job the first three weeks. So, uh, yeah, we got to make sure that we're, you know, up to that challenge and, uh Make sure we find him. Make sure we play. Amari said when he gets a kind of an easy catch early, he gets confidence and it feels like he can light it up after that. Um, did you feel that way Sunday when you got some of those quick, easy completions for you and then were able to stretch the field more after that? Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, it's just really, it's about completion. Seeing the ball, hit the receiver's hands and they catch it and it's positive. And uh, not just for myself, but for the offense, for Kevin, for everyone. So when you see completions, regardless of how much it is, um, it definitely creates that positivity and uh, everything else kind of flows from that. So no mention of it in the presser, uh, but at practice today, in terms of what was open to the media, he's taking mental reps but not actual reps. Yeah, and the throwing on air portion. So we don't know what that means, what it'll mean for the practice itself. Yeah. We'll find out. A little bit of breaking news on the NBA. Woj with this. The Portland Trailblazers are sending guard Damian Lillard to the Milwaukee Bucks. So Has them sports group. Our ownership <laughs> Wheeling and dealing over there, yeah. Well, that's one way to keep Giannis happy. Yeah, that'll do it. That's the first thing I thought is obviously he was like, I'm, if I don't have a chance to win, I'm not going to go there. Well, they do what now. The, what the package going the other way would be. I had a hard time thinking they were going to do better than the Miami package, which was Tyler Hero and two ones. So um, what what would Milwaukee have that would, would work on that side of it? But that's uh, – there you go. All right, we will uh, before before I get to that though. Does your furry friend have what it takes to beat out the competition? Enter the dog race sweepstakes presented by Milkbone for a chance to have your pup compete in the annual halftime dog races. Visit clevelandbrowns.com/contest to enter and check out more from Milkbone at your local grocery or pet supply store. We will attempt to. I say we. Z will attempt to guess the spread coming up oh, next. Man. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Bally Bet, sports betting partner. Your Cleveland Browns now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. 
The Walker Hayes for JCPenney Collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. The Cleveland Browns have a conference from Peru and Meyer want you to enter the ultimate football sweepstakes for your chance to win a 2023 Ford Lightning electric pickup truck, VIP tour to Cross Country Mortgage Campus, or a $1,000 Meyer gift card. Visit your local Meyer or clevelandbrowns.com slash avocados for more. Except before we attempt to guess the spread, you have a uh, public service announcement for folks? I do. So last week, I, I know there was a lot of consternation. I've still seen a lot of tweets about it, about not being able to get the radio broadcast on the Browns app. So the NFL has enforced its geofencing. So what if you want to listen to the radio game of the Browns on the mobile app, you must be in the Cleveland DMA. So that's within 100 miles from the Browns and have location services turned on for the Browns mobile app. Okay, so that they know that is you are where you say you are. Yep. So make sure your location services are on by doing the following. Go to settings. This is on an Apple. Go to settings, Browns, location, while using the app slash always. You can also access your device's settings by going to settings within the Browns app and clicking device settings. If you're on an Android, go to settings, location, app permissions, Browns to turn it on. So you need to have your location services on. If you are outside of the DMA, that means if you're outside of the 100-mile radius of Cleveland, you can listen to Browns games on the radio on either Sirius XM or on NFL Plus, which I think is a $6 a month subscription, but you can get every radio broadcast there as well. So, And anybody on the network, right? If you're in the radio network, the apps of those stations would be able to have it? Yes. Yeah. In those markets. Right. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's this is, I think, for, the, for a while, it's been fortunate that they haven't been really enforcing that geofencing, but mm-hmm. I think that now clearly they are. Uh, this is an NFL decision, not a Browns decision. I wonder if it'll ever, you know, you see this with the NBA teams, like the Suns, for example, are just giving their games away free over the air. Yep. You know, to, so that their fans can watch them. Well, uh, the NFL hasn't done any of that stuff, but you do wonder if there would ever be a point. So Maybe. there was some, so the Utah Jazz. They did it too. They're an doing it hour too. ago. Oh, did they do it? They made it official? They've launched their own direct-to-consumer streaming platform, Jazz Plus. The app will offer live games, other content for fifteen fifty a month or one twenty five fifty a year. Okay, so they're trying to monetize, whereas like Phoenix yeah. is Phoenix is giving their over-the-air rights Correct. to a local station, not a cable, like an over-the-air channel in Phoenix for Suns games. So that's, that's, that's what's going on there. All right, let's do it. Let's attempt oh, we're three to – we're three now. The spreads. Half point. Didn't think I'd be able to do this. Feeling good about it so far. You're off to a great start, dude. Off to a good start. Fresh I only had, I had a couple it. wild ones last week that I got, but also was 
and then I was off by like five points on some of them too. <laughs> yeah, well, there were some big numbers last week, so that's always tricky. All right, let's start with Thursday night football. It is the Detroit Lions at the Green Bay Packers. That's a good one. It is a good one. This is it's one of the better games of the week, honestly. The Packers have not been getting much Vegas respect. So I don't think that they will be favored. I think the Lions will be favored. In Green Bay? In Green Bay, where they beat Aaron Rodgers to send him to the playoffs. I think the Lions will be favored by one. It's one and a half. Oh, baby. You get it. Lions by one and a half. Ravens at Browns Sunday, Cleveland Browns Stadium. Browns minus three. Two and a half. Got it. Bengals at Titans. Cincinnati Bengals at Titans. Bengals minus three. Bengals minus two. Ah, that's a loss. Oh, yeah, that is an L. Oh, yeah. That's a loss. Half point. Uh, Only two? Only two. Only two. They just had 94 yards of offense. Well, the week before, they beat the Chargers, and the kid threw for 80% of his passes. So, I mean, it's not against us. No, it's a little different. Falcons at Jaguars. In London. This is in London, the international. So they're staying there for two weeks, right? They're playing this week and next? I believe so. I wonder if they'll try to make that. uh, I wonder if they'll set up shop over there. Try to. I wonder if they'll re. Reinvigorate that. Jags minus two and a half. There's three. You get it. Oh, okay. I was. I mean, they got slumped at home. I was nervous to go to. They've I was, had I was thinking of going down to, to seventeen. I was thinking of going down to two on that one. Yeah. Good thing I didn't. Very. Dolphins at Bills Woo! at Highmark Stadium. This is the game of the week. Dolphins. No, they won't do that. They won't do that. Can't. It's one of these two teams by three. <laughs> Bills Bills minus three. So you, do you think it's a six could be a six point spread? Yes. Yeah. Bills minus three. Bills minus two and a half. I was ready to go Dolphins minus three, but I'm like, they just they won't do that. That seems more right to me. I agreed. Broncos at Bears. Ticket price is down under $2 eight bucks. for this one. Get in for 8 bucks, I bet. Broncos minus 3.5. On it, exactly. Oh, wow. Having a week quite here. a roll. 5-1. and one. Sad. Okay, all right. Well, so far, to be fair, there's only been one that hasn't been, if I guessed, three. You'd be safe, yeah. Right. Yep. Rams. I did a good job on that one, the Lions you did. one. Yeah. Rams at Colts. Rams at Colts. It'll be Minshew, I think. I think uh, Richardson's still in concussion protocols. He is Minshew. slated to throw today, but still in protocol. Still I don't there. understand how you can throw and I don't be either. in protocol. I don't either. Because it's a are. stage of protocol. Well, Doing some activity oh. and then not having a setback, and then that allows and then you to that get allows to the next. for one more. Yes. Yeah. Um, Rams gosh. at Colts. This is going to be somewhere between zero and one. If I call to pick them, I have to hit it exactly. But if I call, if I say a half, I get a pick 'em. Yeah, because it's a half. Okay. As long as Colts. you're the right way on the half. Oh. Colts. Colt. Colts who just beat the Ravens, minus a half. Minus one. You got it. One. Yep. Bucks at Saints. You're off to. This is your best week ever. You've never. So far. You're, this. I think you could go like just one loss this week. Is what I'm. Thinking. I don't think so. Yeah, I think. It, what is I think it? It's in play. It's Bucks at Saints. 
Saints minus a half. Saints minus three. I don't understand that. Like, Carr not playing, probably. That's a weird one, right? Like, I don't. What do they know? Saints own them over there, though, right? They always beat Brady over there. They always beat Brady. But I just thought that'd be a. I thought Pickham was in play. Same. Commies. See, go praising me and then right to the toilet. Commies at Eagles. Pooh. This is one of those ones where it's like, is it the perception of what you perceive Philly to be or what Philly's actually been? And Washington's been okay until, uh, except for last week. Last week they got slump sitting. Eagles minus eight. On it, exactly. Vikings at Panthers. Vikings at Panthers. Two 0-3 teams. Vikings minus three. Vikings minus three and a half. Wow. Big week oh, here. Baby. Yeah, he's killing it. Pittsburgh at Houston and C.J. Stroud. Steelers minus three. On it. Nailed it. Well, to be fair to all of like, they're all on (laughs) three. They're all the same this week. Yeah, they all are. I've gotten, I did good on the Eagles. That was out of the norm, and I did good on the Lions. That was out of the norm. Everything else has been. It's been standard three. You didn't have Kansas City, Chicago to to guess. No. But the Eagles one was like that. I just didn't know. I didn't think they'd go to 10. Raiders at Chargers. Raiders at Chargers. Chargers minus three and a half. Nope. Chargers minus five and a half. Wow. A lot of faith. Well, Garoppolo's in concussion protocol. And there you go. Patriots at Cowboys. Patriots at Cowboys. Cowboys minus six. Nope. Cowboys minus seven. Cardinals at Niners. Niners minus 14. On it, exactly. Wow. Two touchdowns. Chiefs at Jets. Sunday night football. Oh, Great. I'm not watching. I nope. told you guys I'm taking, will not be, I'm, will I'm taking not a little, be little bit of a football break. I'm going to watch our game. I'm going to have our game on. I'm going to watch the red zone at that time. But other than that, I'm yeah, not watching. The 4 much. o'clock games are all garbage. I'm sitting it out. I'm sitting it out. Chiefs. Minus 10. Got it. Chiefs minus nine and a half. No way. I was I was between ten and thirteen. <laughs> well, but I, your thinking is right on this yeah, because correct. there are there are certain places they're at. Like it's either one and a half, three, eight. You know that eight, and then they if they go above it, then they go way up. Yeah. You, like that's why last week was weird. Like the twelve and a half. Yeah, those 12s. are weirds. We usually don't see that. Um, all right, last one for and what are you eleven and four yeah. for a tw- a twelve and four week out of you, Seahawks. At G-Men. Seahawks at G-Men. Seahawks minus two. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Even. Pick them. Good job at you. 11 and 5 week. Very sound. <sighs> All right. Felt good. Felt Very good. sound felt job. Good. Felt good. Which is, is there anyone on there that you're like, what are, what, I don't understand that. Saints by three? Is that? Yes. Saints by three, Bills by three, honestly. Same. I think that one. I agree. I think that's a reflection on reputation more than it is reality. And and I got the the Chiefs at 10, but I could have seen that easily being 14. Yeah. The Jets D is good. But if they're starting to have all that rumbling and bumbling and people are unhappy with one another, then you never know. The Eagles seems just a touch high for me as a divisional game. Commies were bad last week, but 
he threw, I think he threw four picks in that game. Four. Like if he locks in a little bit, mm-hmm. I don't know. That one's that one's interesting. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting week. Not a lot of great games though. Uh, unfortunately, the best game our game is the one we'll all be watching, but the, the other one's going on at the same time. Which I know, is, wish that was a. Dolphins Again, the four o'clock games are all like the best four o'clock game is Chargers, Raiders. Everything so the else. The four 25s this week are Raiders, Chargers, Pats, Cowboys, Cardinals, 49ers. Again, garbage. Well, they're the three, three of the four, three of the five highest spreads are all in and that then window. The Sunday Nighters garbage. Sunday Nighters garbage. Yeah. The Monday Nighter, I have no interest in either. I don't nope. care about the Seahawks or the Giants at all. That, there's no excitement to that. Doing nothing for me. Join Z and Gerard West Park Station Live, Kevin Stefanski Show. Tomorrow night, 7 to 8, compliments of Bud Light. Browns corner MJ Emerson will join the show in Beyond Sight, signing autographs for that. Coming up next, one of the men on our defensive line is making a very, very big difference. Defensive end Alex Wright joins the program. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Bally Bet. Sports betting partner, your Cleveland Browns, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Welcome back to Cleveland Browns Daily. Very happy now to be joined by Browns second-year defensive end Alex Wright. And Alex, first off, congratulations on your first NFL sack. How did it feel? I mean, it felt like it got got real surreal Uh, as soon as I stood up. I mean, it was... What I've been working for for a long time. I mean, just gotta keep working. You know, just have my mind on the first, first one, and now it's out the way. You know, I just work to you know, getting getting another one uh, when that time comes. So, it, it, it felt surreal, but I'm I'm happy we got it out the way. What did you hear from the good folks of Elba, Alabama, about about being the first person to get a sack from that fine town? Oh, they they wasn't about to they wasn't about to sack. It was about to dance. They they didn't even. It was like they was happy about the sack. It was, but people you know. It was like, me, I'm not a good dancer, so I'm the type of person I back off everybody dance, but it was just like, you know what, to hell with it. Like, I just started dancing, you know, they love they love to dance more than the sack, so, but it was a proud moment for all of them, for uh, me included, so. More sacks, more dancing. You know, people like it when Alex Wright dances. Nah, facts. <laughs> facts. It's, fun, it's, a funny, it's a funny scene. It's a funny, it's fun for everybody. It's fun for me also just to go out there and have fun, but. I mean, we can't we can't wait to you know try to get more. So, absolutely. So, take us through that play. What happened on that play? What did you see pre-snap? And then what were you able to do to get that sack? Pre-snap, I just remember uh, Miles taking uh, Henry for a TFL. So you know, just looking at the backfield set and whatnot. I know I'm like I'm thinking this is my shot. Like you know, so I, I'm already locked on. You know, Henry, I already know what the play is going to be. And you know, I just see uh, Tannehill. You know, he kind of pulls it a little early. So it kind of just it kind of just mellowed out. Like my steps took the same as where my eyes were leading, and it kind of just all looked so normal. And it kind of looked like you know, it's kind of like I just converted, and then, you know, I was closer than I was, and I felt like when I reached out to him, it was like okay. When I reached out and I did his, the beginning of his name was on his back play. I said, yeah, it's a wrap. Let's go and get him down. So, but I mean, it was just like it all happened so fast. Yeah. It all happened so fast. So. I was surprised looking at myself on TV of how fast it was, but that just goes to show when you actually you can fly around, you can fly around when you know what you're doing. So, yeah, is that a big difference for you at this point compared to where you were, like going into week four last year? Oh yes, it's a, it was a big difference, big difference. Because I was still trying to find my way through the NFL. Now that I'm, I've been here for you know over a year, I'm, I'm now accustomed to 
uh, how the NFL works, you know, because last year it was game speed for me. Last year it was the strength and it was the, the, the bending, it was the schemes. Now I actually have been through it and I'm, I'm happy I got those uh, those opportunities because uh, last year, uh, like I said, I was just trying to feel my way through it. Uh, but now it's like, okay, now I know what to do. I know what to take care of. I know what to, uh, I know what to expect. So now I just gotta uh, use my my physicality and my uh, my knowledge to the game and just you know take it out there on the field. And it wasn't just a sack. You could see you were flying all over the place. You had a couple of big tackles coming down the line like that. Was working on your speed something that you wanted to do this off season? And if so, how did you do it? I mean, it was just just taking the training very seriously. Whether it was you know getting an extra one in with it, because those add up. At the end of the day, people don't realize, you know, the little things add up. You know, just the want to of, of seeing yourself out there actually on the game field, you know, running somebody down or making a tackle that's needed to be made at a certain time or, you know, maybe may a game-saving tackle. You never sure. know. So, I mean, just just I credit that to the people I train with down in uh, Miami, you know, because they're big on speed training, agility, change of direction, everything. So, I mean, I credit it to them for making me a better a – better, uh, defensive player and a, a better athlete how hard was it when you got that knee injury because you had some momentum going you were having a real good camp all of a sudden you get that knee injury but then here you are a couple of weeks later and and you're back and better than ever I mean it was just at first you know talking to the trainers you know when, when you hear that word surgery or procedure it's like you know it was kind of a it was kind of a blow I'm, I'm not gonna lie yeah. uh about I, I I was emotional in the car you know until I got a call you know from AB you know and he told me you know just get your knee ready you're gonna be all right you know, and, you know, once I talked to him, you know, it was just, okay, when is surgery? You know, surgery happens, and now I'm in this mindset where I have to get back to the team as, as soon as possible, you know. And that's even working working my knee out and rehabbing on the weekends. So I didn't take, you know, taking no days off. I credit myself because even at the even at the house, you know, I have stairs, you know, and that was a big thing, you know, step-ups and stuff not. So uh just trying to get my knee back in the best shape possible. And my mindset was, you know, just to come back faster, come back stronger, come back more explosive. And uh, seeing myself, you know, on film this past game, it, it really showed up. So It certainly did show up. And it's exciting. And you talk about that whole room. What's it, as, what's it like being in that room right now? You got Miles, who's having a great season. Zadarius hasn't gotten there yet, but he's around the quarterback all the time. Oboe's gotten there. You're getting there. What's it like kind of in that room? Man, it's it's positivity. Everybody wants everybody wants everybody to eat. There's no uh, you know no no eyes. There's we. You know that's 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 the biggest that's the biggest thing that I recognize. You know everybody wants everybody to win. Everybody is teaching everybody whether it's something little, whether it's something big. I mean, no lie, you could go out there and see us as a whole defense. You know we are we are quote unquote the engine. You know, everybody feeds off us. If we're not eating, then nobody's not eating. So it, it basically starts with us. So we take that to heart. We take that very seriously to, you know, build the, the camaraderie throughout the whole defense. So just being in that being in that locker room, it's just nothing but positivity and good vibes all over. What have you learned from a guy like Zadarius? Smile. That's that's the thing. You, you be around Z all the time, he's always smiling. He's always positive. He always well, he always does, he never shies away from teaching the game to you know young players like us. So I could go to Sedarius right now and ask him anything, whether we're eating lunch, whether we're out of the facility, whether it's on my film, uh, food, playing, watching TV. Something it's like he's never shy away from you know being the the mentor that I needed. So 
And plus, I used to, I used to, uh, I used to watch him, especially growing up, because he's from, he's like, he grew up our way from where I'm from back in Elba. Okay. So it was like, okay, he's from where I'm from, you know, and we kind of seen the similarities as soon as we got to hanging out. And it was just like, we connected even more. So it was just like, man, I'm gonna stay by him, I'm gonna stay by Miles, I'm gonna stay by uh, Ogbo, I'm gonna stay by all three of them and just, you know, learn, 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 learn. Ask questions as much as I need to. And it's just as simple as that. As soon as I get off the as soon as I get off the practice field with a question, you know, just like that, boom, it's problem solved in a matter of ten seconds because they already have the answer. So that's awesome. I mean, that's I don't know what more you could ask for as a young player going into your second season. And now with this defensive scheme, too, you get to be in a two-point stance again. You get to be moving around in the middle like your days at Alabama, Birmingham. Are you feeling comfortable with that? Are you having fun with that? I felt, I never felt more comfortable in a long time since back then. Because back then, that was, you know, throughout the, se uh, throughout the season of my junior year, it was just like, okay, I'm comfortable. I can fly around. I'm free. You know, I don't have to worry about, you know, getting under somebody or getting over somebody or having to stick to this certain gap, you know. I mean, there's certain, you know, there's certain things that we have to do throughout the game plans and schemes, but just overall of being able to fly around and be free and be physical, yeah, it, do, it does remind me of being back at UAB. It does put a smile on my face a little bit because, you know, I'm doing what got me here. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just right. just exactly. being able to just make plays and being able to just, like you said, just be free and fun and relaxed and just go. How much? How many times did you guys in the film room watch Miles lead the tight ends across the formation and then back across the formation and force a delay a game? Man, you just don't see stuff like that. <laughs> no, you do not. You don't. You don't see stuff like that. When you see stuff like that, it just makes you want to laugh, like, because that that really proves how much of a dominant player that we have in the NFL. I don't think I've seen nothing like that in my life. So definitely not in the NFL. So so when you see something like that, that just lets you know what type of player he is and what type of player that the whole NFL thinks he is. Whether you put three on him, two on him, four on him, whether you put the whole five whole O lineman, I'm still gonna take him over anybody else because that's just the type of person he is. He's relentless. He's uh he's he's a never say die. He's never give up. He's he's gonna get to it no matter what. You could you could put the whole eleven on him, he's gonna find some way somehow to get back there. So I mean just watching that is like, you don't see it every day. It makes you really have to like look at it 10, 10 11 times because it's like, what are they doing? Like, I mean, but that goes to show you. Like I said, it's just who he is as a as a player. So it's awesome, awesome to see you eat. I can see the smile and the joy you're playing with right now. Big game against the Ravens coming up. That speed's gonna come in handy. They got a pretty fast quarterback. You know, how do you guys go about going after Lamar Jackson? I mean, you know, he's a good player. We just got to keep him. Uh, keep them uncomfortable, you know, but we got to do our jobs, not only as rushers, we got to be disciplined rushers also. So he, he has a chance if, if we're not disciplined, he has, he makes us look, you know, stupid. It's, it's that plain and simple. So with us possibly, you know, as a defense and as a D line, we just have to be disciplined in our jobs this week. So it's, that's all it is. Just we can fly around and be free, but as long as we're disciplined, we're, we, we're going to be all right. Alex, I love seeing the joy. Go out there and have some more fun. Get another sack. I mean, we'll see some more Alex Wright dancing out there on the field at Cleveland Brown Stadium. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Man, that's a big one for him last week. Get home. Get that one in the books. Yes. Get rolling a little bit. We've talked about all the new additions, but there are some guys who they believe in, who they've drafted, and to see him start to start, start to resonate and get it out on the field, it, that stuff matters bigly, man. When you think about the depth of that D-line. Huge. Yes, absolutely. And – he is a guy that is playing, as he said, he's so, so comfortable, loves the schemes. Darius Smith has kind of taken him under his wing. He gets one-on-ones always, always. Yep. 
you can hear he's he's got a lot of joy in himself and he worked hard to get faster this year to get more explosive and you're seeing it on the field it's a great thing for the cleveland browns yes it is so much more to come you listen to cleveland browns daily on 850 espn cleveland Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Join Ken and Gerard tonight, 7 to 8, Browns preview show all along the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns radio network. Grant Delpit joins the guys as they preview the Browns and the Ravens. Big trade in the NBA. Damian Lillard headed to Milwaukee. Mm. That is the headliner of that. Uh, Jimmy Butler already saying tampering. Look into it. Not pleased. Himmy Buckets is unhappy? Not pleased. He wanted Dame Dollar. Tampering. Miami. Look into Isn't it. Isn't he in South Beach? Well, he is. He was yeah, just, stop complaining. Do you I think, think that they just showed up in Omaha and was doing karaoke at a local bar? Fantastic. Do you think it's a little surprise? Is it a little odd to you that, the, that since landing LeBron, the Heat really haven't been able to land another guy? Like they've had cap space. They have talent. They win. They've had opportunity, and they've never been able to get a second guy down there. Well, they got Butler, Hero, but They traded and for Bam. Butler. They drafted Hero. They drafted Bam. Like, they don't have – they've had cap space to, like, go get a guy. A real guy, yeah. And they – no one will go down there. Do people not want to play there? I think it's LeBron. Look at Fila. Tequila. What do you mean you think it's LeBron? You think LeBron? I think LeBron said, don't play there. He's – Riley's got too tight of a fist. He won't let you do things. He won't let you live. All they did That's was win. But, hmm. They won two out of four years yeah. when he was there. Today, by the way, is the anniversary of their introductory, the first press conference to start that season. Not the one, not three, not four, not all that. But the first one. And I'll never, it, it just, the only reason it did, it popped up on my, on my timeline. I'll never forget the look of it. LeBron was, Le, Wade was seated in the middle. Yeah. And LeBron and... Bosch were like his sidekicks. Yeah, Dwayne Wade. Like he, he was. He went to be. He went to another guy's town. I mean, it's just he went to impossible Wade. to wrap your head around now that they didn't make Wade go to Chicago and they all like met somewhere else. Like they they all went to Miami to do it. It's it's pretty wild. That was today. Wow, 2010. So there you go. All right. Let's go. Ravens week tomorrow. Week four kicks Schwartz off officially. Podium to kick us off tomorrow. Oh, well, those have been great. Oh, man. Are we going to get any more 90-71? Great question. I think it's in play. What's he going to give for Lamar? Something about containment. I think that feels like a lock. Yeah. We're going to get something about that. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a fun week. going to be a fun week. The next level is coming up next. There you go. Oh, boy. Little Salisbury Hill, you're going to win big. Big win for big you. Big time. Big time. Big time win for you. The next level is coming up next. We're back tomorrow. Cleveland Browns Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland. You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and 850 ESPN Cleveland.
Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.